All right, hello everyone. Welcome to the first episode of Crypto with English in 2022. I'd like to welcome a very special returning guest. Her name is Sabina Iman. She's the founder and CEO of Blink, the Blink dating app, based out of Barcelona, Spain. Now, uh, if anybody's been paying attention on LinkedIn lately, you'll see that this startup has certainly been building a name and making making the rounds all over the place in the tech community, especially in Europe. So, Sabina, you were one of the first guests that I had on last year. And back then, you had just finished up your beta testing. So, I know uh, I know you've been quite busy uh, since then, over the past eight months. So, I warmly welcome you back onto the show. And uh, I'd love to hear about what's, uh, what's new on your end with your startup and uh, some of the milestones you'll be hitting this year. Thank you so much for having me here, Adam. It's great to, to be a returning guest. I enjoyed the first experience and I'm happy to be, to be again here with, a, with something new. So, yeah, um, um, I think when we connected last time, we're just in the moment of like when we released the app and we were in the middle right. of talking to users and getting our first feedback. Um, since then, a lot of things have changed. So, for example, we have uh, onboarded a new co-founder on the team who is based in the U.S. in Silicon Valley, awesome. and he will be yes, and he will be responsible now for developing the product. So we are able to actually iterate and launch it faster than than we were able to do it before. So wow. the product went through. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's something great. And then the product went through the transformation as well. We have um, launched a new part, which is called offline match, um, uh, offline matching uh, opportunities. So before the product was only working in the venues and now right. people will be able to actually match outside of the venues as well. But they have to go through okay. a certain round of activities to be able to connect and the chat will be limited so it will be only opened up after people have interacted with each other through the game and have actually invited for uh, for each other for a date so the chat will open up for a limited time they are able to arrange it and get to know themselves better and then we close back the chat and push them basically to to go and meet face to face um so we're excited about this new um, feature and we will be like we are in this pre-release mode now um, yeah. to see what's what's happening with the engagement and retention that was the, the key focus um, during these past times and of course trying to raise funds and give it a bit of um, boost in terms of brand awareness so that we can really build uh, not only local community in one city, but also see what's the interest on other markets and what's the interest for being in um, across the world globally um, so that we can determine what's next for us in terms of milestones and, and expansion. So that was pretty much what we were busy with. That's awesome. And uh, when you were on last time, I recall that yeah. one of the standout features was the gamification element of it. And of course, um, you know, you, while using this app, you can go into certain venues like uh, cafes or clubs and bars, and it will uh, alert you to the other users. And I guess you can decide from there whether this is somebody you want to interact with and, you know, kind of decide if this person is going to ultimately be compatible. And, you know, there's a lot of dating apps out there, to say the least. So yours has a very specific gamification element in it. So I was wondering if you could expand on that. Yeah, that, yeah that's correct. So uh, as you mentioned, when, when someone checks in at the venue, um, the other people are notified about that check-in and they're able to check out this profile and see whether they're interested in actually meeting this person going there and matching with them in a live mode. That's that's something that we have seen as also an opportunity that we need to work further on. And we want to offer, for example, automated check-ins um, to make sure Very that nice. if, user, if user forgets about taking out the app and checking it manually, they can just select that and the, the, the app will be automatically check, checking them in the venues as they go. Um, and and the second part, as you mentioned, is gaming. So before, gaming worked only 
um, in the venue, you were able to play at the same time in the moment to be able to understand right. the compatibility. What we have done now is we're allowing users to also play their part when they want, and then the, the other person can play their part on their side. And then when both people have actually played the game, it discloses the results. And uh, yeah, and this way we want to basically increase that the usage of that feature so that it's not only limited to the time or a certain moment and all the users can enjoy that feature um, even if they are busy at the moment and can really test it even if the other person is not online at the moment. So we have extended it to that. And then uh, on the roadmap, we see the opportunity to also allowing users to create their own questions. So what we want to do oh, is- Oh, very we can, nice. We want, we, yeah, we want I've to- I've never heard of that before. You know, um, I guess having an app that would, that would allow you to kind of create your own questions. So I yeah. think that's great. Yeah. Yeah, this is something that we're working on right now. And we're looking forward to seeing how the users will react to that. But that's like, I feel that's the exciting part about it. Wow. That's incredible. So, um, given the gamification uh, function of this, so yeah. is there? I understand there's like a scoring system involved, and um, yeah. I would imagine does that allow the user to accumulate points that could be applied to, you know, follow up dates, for instance, at different venues? Yeah, that's a great question. We haven't done that yet, and now it's um, it's it's just the points showing the compatibility. Yes. Um, however, what we're, we are actually thinking in terms of the points where we can use them for exchanging something at the venue, for example, would be check-in points. So the yeah. more check-ins you have, the more points you generate, and then these points can be exchanged to something more uh, at, the, at the place. This is something that we are trying to explore and understand how we can implement. Um, the only constraint or challenge that we're seeing there at this side is how to scale that with the venue so that we don't sure. have to be engaged in the exchange and just build the system that will allow to do that automatically. So it has to be a wallet that will be able to uh, exchange, for example, those points to fiat, and then you can use that inside of the venue by just paying, for example, but for a drink or something. But right. we have to build up that scalable system to be able to use that. Otherwise, it's going to be a headache for us to manage all these um, all these partnerships. Wow, dating in the era of Web three, and I, I think gamification. Yeah is one of the main cornerstones of the web three era that we're, that we're living yeah. in now. So, cause I remember when you came on last year, your, your app allowed, and as mentioned before, users to essentially immediately find each other in the cafe or venue. So now yeah. with the additions onto this app, I could essentially be in Barcelona walking up the street and it's automatically mm -hmm. going to sync me or alert me to the immediate users of this app that are around me on the street. And I can essentially just look at the picture, uh, maybe look at their description and things they like. And I can make yeah. a, I, essentially, I can make a judgment call. Do I want to interact with this person or not? And probably click a button. And I would imagine it's going to alert them. And then I guess an interaction will follow. That's correct. If they have actually checked in at some places, you will be able to receive those notifications. Otherwise, you are able to see the users who are very nearby and you can have an interaction with them. You can instantly invite them to some place that you are in and the user right. can accept or decline that invite. But basically, they get notified if someone invites them for a date at some place. Um, and as I said, if the user is not at the place at the moment, then you're 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 playing the game. You're inviting them for for um, for a date. If they accept, the chat unlocks, so you can actually arrange and interact with them in a short way, um, and just have this first grasp feeling of what's the connection about. If there is right. an excitement on both sides, and then what hap happens is that the app locks the, the the chat back until you both actually are in the same venue. So. Um, yeah, but this way we want to decrease the number of the, the amount of time the users are actually just spending there talking because that's what is happening with all the competition out there in the market with the big names. Right. We have noticed that people are using them. 
to just chat around in most of the cases. Whether in our case, what we want to do is to reduce that time and um, make the person just like um, hurry up and make their mind so that they can actually be pushed to meet in the in the real world. Um, and just from there, they can decide what to do with that, take it further. But ba basically, yeah, we want to eliminate those situations when people are on the app just ch for chatting around and sure. because they are bored and don't have any time to meet. Right, right. People who are just kind of spinning their wheels, so to say. Yeah. So based on the new function in this app where you can create your own questions, what are some of the questions people are now inputting into this app? That's still in the development process, so we haven't okay. released it yet. It's in the roadmap. Uh, from what we have heard um, from users when we were testing this idea was that they just want to understand the compatibility. So, for example, right. they like something and they want to ask the other person about this. So, for example, what's your favorite movie? And then they put up like few uh, question answers and then they, they, they see what other person replies. And that's how they know if there is like... Um, a compatibility or no, or just getting to know another person. Um, right. So these type of questions that help to detect, um, for example, um, for women, it's very important to know if men are like, like holidays or like kids and like, sure. you know, uh, for, for men, it's important to understand um, uh, what are the activities that the women enjoys so that they can, they can understand if there is a compatibility on that side. Right. Um, so yeah, different questions around that, um, to get to understand if, what are the main values of the person and what are their main likes and dislikes. Um, and that's something that we expect to be among these, um, self-made questions. I got to say that is uh, that's definitely an excellent feature and, and that gives the user a whole lot yeah. more control of the dating and a courtship experience than otherwise I think other apps would allow. And in creating this product, what were some of the big issues with traditional dating apps? Because I would imagine, you know, when creating the MVP for this and creating this idea, you know, part of this had to have been a response to some of the probably usual problems with dating apps in general. Yeah, that's absolutely correct. So as I said, one of them is the fact that if you're looking um, for um, something special, like just meeting people in real life and expanding your network or dating, and you go on this regular app, let's say one of the big names, I will not name anyone right now, but <laughs> you have to go through a lot of, you have to go through a lot of matches and conversations that end nowhere. So as I said, because the intent of people there is to just chat around, to look, to, to shop. Right. I call it like a shopping Amazon for, for, for people. Basically they shop around and in most cases, the choices so uh, like uh, there are so many choices that they cannot make their mind and or at some point you're just becoming one of many and you can be passed by. Um, so um, all this gives this feeling of like, uh, you know, this is something artificial and you chat a lot in the beginning, like casual conversation, but like you never go deep. And yeah. in some cases, if if it goes to the fact that you are actually meeting that person, there are a lot of cases when you are going for a meeting after like a week of chatting and then the person doesn't look the same way or you right. don't feel the connection. Right. So the time is actually wasted already. And you had the certain expectations <laughs> sure. that were not met. Um, and you cannot get back. Like you cannot return your time and investment that you made into that. Right. So they promote actually errors and trials. So um, more or less like the approach is that you have to go through a lot of uh, many experiences to get to the one that is right and in some cases it can be very crappy experiences so for example yeah, in I my case imagine. I had a lot of uh, issues when men were inviting me for a date on um, for a first date on the apartment which I find oh unsafe. yeah that can, yeah right yeah sure. so like um, I mean it's a lot of people are doing that and I know that like right now it's um, 
it's a norm. However, like I do believe that since there are only 30% of women using dating apps, there is something wrong with that approach as well. Um, wow, and, only 30%. Uh, yeah. So if you look at the ratio of women to men, 30% uh, are females and 70% are males on the dating apps. Why do you think that is? And the experience that women have with the dating apps. It's unpleasant. It's uh, frustrating. Right. It causes... And probably like the one you just mentioned as well. Exactly. Yeah. So you don't want to get the naked picture of the person that you don't know. Right. And you do right. get that a lot on for example. Um, or, and, uh, and that's something that makes like women... It can make... like Women are interested in trying it, but then since they face this type of experiences, they draw back and they just right. decide, okay, it's better just like, you know be by myself and see where it goes. Right. And sometimes they come back to the app in a hope that things might get better. Of course, there are nice people out there as well that treat you right and you get sure. to have a nice day. It's not all that. But what we try to do with our product is eliminate or exclude those experiences completely. That's why we don't have wow. the opportunity to, to, um, to chat for a long time or send the picture in the chat if you're like outside of the venue but basically put people together in one place where the behavior is completely different than when both are on the couch and you don't know if you're going to see that person face to face right. so we're trying to just like build our features around creating the more smooth and nice experience when dealing with another human being and putting that into the situation when everything is more in happening in the public place where the behavior patterns are different. Right. And that's, that's the, the core, uh, that's how the core functionality of the app has been built as well. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I can imagine if, uh, let's say a male user, for instance, is using this app or any app and they're opening with come and meet me at my apartment you know, that does raise a lot of, you know, red flags to say the least. And I would imagine, you know, if women talking to other women, I think many are going to have similar stories at the very least. Yeah. 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 We have, we, we had that uh, experience, like when I was talking to many women about this and that's like something that it's, it didn't happen to me only. And yeah. there is a author of the great book. Her name is Nancy Jossel. She lives in New York. She wrote like a lot of articles about that experience um, on on Tinder and other dating apps. Um, so there's a, there is a whole new movement around that, um, how dating apps are actually creating low self-esteem and, and harming um, mental health uh, for women because of yeah. these experiences. Right. And... You know, what, what an unfortunate phenomenon is and, you know, is the quote unquote dick pics. You know, that has been a very, very, I guess you could say, toxic, endemic problem, yeah. especially in the in the dating world in, in online dating. Is there um, something that's going to be built into this app that can, let's say, recognize, you know, photographs, you know, like that? Because I would imagine this, you know. In that kind of ecosystem, you want to promote meaningful relationships. Let's listen, even yeah. if they don't get married, even if it doesn't yeah. even end up being a long-term relationship, you at least want meaningful, I guess you could say, repeat interactions that are, you know, that are safe and provide like quality content back into your app, so to say. So that's for each, I guess you could say, individual that's putting pictures in that system, and let's say more often it's men than women, probably I would imagine by far, that's essentially going to remove at least at le at the very least one woman. And then if she speaks with her friends, that could be five or even ten. And as far as guys, it's gonna remove one. So I think like mathematically, this could actually just end up kind of destroying any you know, meaningful dating app ecosystem. So I think that's good, you know, um, that you have something that's going to, you know, you know, recognize that. And as far as uh, complaints, have men voiced any complaints about using apps, whether they're dating other women, whether they're dating men or, you know, anything else? Yeah, sure. Well, going to the first question about the, 
like uh, pictures and of inappropriate content, we do have uh, AWS recognition system implemented. So there are no new cool. pictures possibly be um, either displayed as the profile picture or sent through the through the chat as it's going to be disappearing. Um, right. And when it comes, yeah, when it comes to the complaints from men, yes, we have heard a lot of, and men are also having hard times because there are not enough women. So they're basically fighting right. for a small amount of, of right. uh, this, the small amount of the pool. And, um, and uh, also the second complaint was that um, they have pictures where women look nicer, slimmer with the makeup and all like, like bright and so on. But then when they meet them, it's completely different story. So I had those uh, insights um, as well. And that's something that they were not happy about. And right. that's actually statistically proven that around 20% of women lie about themselves on the dating apps in terms of their looks, because that's how they can get more swipes and, and matches. Um, and that's also create unhealthy um, situation because um, it's against yourself. Like you're not loving yourself. Right. That you put out the better picture of yourself, photoshopped or whatever. Sure. Um, to get like matched. But then at the end, it still doesn't work because you still meet that person in real life. And it's, it's, right. it's like a short-term trick, right? So what yes. we want to do is when, when using our app, there is no, no point to do that. As if you are in that, on that app, you have an intent to meet the person instantly in face-to-face. -face and the person can always, if you are very close by in the same venue, the person can always like check it out. Um, so we are in, like empowering people to actually place um, the photos where they look most close to what they are in real life and empowering right. more real look, um, more organic natural looks rather than like photoshopped uh, perfect uh, pictures that end at the end like as a lead to the, to the heartbreaks. So um, right. yeah, this... <laughs> So this is like what what we and we have actually seen that among our users we lo, we do have like less glamorous, more um, down to earth type of profiles where you can see that people are actually just putting normal pictures, and right. uh, we are happy about it because it's uh, there should be something out there where it looks more real. Yeah, I mean, and you know, also I would like to think that I don't think people are as judgmental as others think. I don't think anybody's expecting to see a uh, supermodel-like man or supermodel-like woman uh, on this app and, you know, somebody who's going to show up like that in person. And I think, in fact, that'd probably be a little weird, too, <laughs> I, would, I would imagine, you know, uh, something would have to be off. But, you know... Just to backtrack a little bit, so you said 20% of women will put some sort of altered photo up. Yeah. And it could be Photoshopped. Maybe in some cases it's an older photo. Maybe they played with yeah. filters and older. whatnot. Yeah. What percentage of men do that? I'm curious. Men are, like, I don't know exactly about the percentage of men doing that, but... For women and men do different, like choose differently. So men yeah. are choosing based on the, on the appearance, while women are choosing based on the status. So what's interesting I is see. that for the men yeah. lie about their 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 jobs. Basically, right. they put more upgrade status. So um, it's less about the photos, but more about where they work, what they do. So in most cases, they lie about, for example, that like. They like to put things like entrepreneur, business sure. owner, when they're sure. like, um, probably like maybe owning something small or just like having some side hustle. So, but just right. like putting an upgrade on their status, give them more chances that they get liked because that's how they, like women are making the choice. Right. And yeah, that's something also interesting um, uh, about the differences between the genders. Wow, very uh, you know, very interesting, but also in in some yeah. ways, uh, you know, not not surprising as yeah. as well. And you know, when putting together this app, and you know, by the way, this is a very very disruptive type of technology that you've assembled as far as an MVP and you know additional functions and tools you'll be putting on. What was this process like? Because this is not an easy thing to do. So. 
coming up with the idea and then putting it into action, what were some of the successes and some of the failures along the way? Um, yeah, that's that's a great question. Well, it was like, um, yeah, it was like in the formation of the idea, I think it took much longer than actually executing it because like oh, wow. before it, before you try to tell it to someone how it looks and how it feels, you have to have like the whole picture in your head. So right. in the beginning, it was like a lot of ideation phase um, where I had to think through the user experience and so on. But then once that was done, like we just started to put it up on Figma to see what it feels like. And then we started to talk to users to see if they like it. Yeah. And then the user shared the feedback. And then we tried to implement that and share it with more people to, to, to see the feedback. And that's how we could design like a clickable prototype, non-functioning prototype yeah. to see the whole journey from the beginning till the end, gather the feedback. And of course, in the beginning, we had an extensive app with a lot of features and um, a lot of things that were um, additional to what we have created. And when starting to develop that, the challenge was like, what we faced is that it's impossible if you want to be fast, you have to narrow it down to the very, very core features and focus first on right. the core product that you want to deliver. Try that and then add and build on top on top until you get to the that perfect product. Um, so the challenge was that we had a lot and then we needed to cut it out to be able to build in time and to launch it to, right. to, to see what the market thinks and feels about it so that we can learn from that feedback and start building up on top of what we already have. So the product has to be out and shipped fast. That's like what I learned in, in this experience. And yes. in the now, if I, if I ever launch something else, I would like first thing that I would do before starting the development process is just cut half of the features and just leave the core <laughs> right. so that it's very minimal, right? And then you, toss, yeah. you test that and then you, you you try to to get to the point when it becomes more and more but at the later stages um but yeah basically it was like starting doing it makes it much easier like just starting to put it on something on canva on on uh, on figma and then you you have the figma files you see it you visualize it it's much easier then I you see. find developers and assessing it and they start building like unclickable prototype right okay you see that it can really function and it can yeah. um, have life and then that's that's the second stage and then the third stage actually developed and then you start seeing the pieces as the development process goes and that's like that's where you feel okay the product is going live and then finally, the last part is seeing it in the hands of users and feeling their reaction. I think that's the best and most rewarding, most exciting, because right. you see that people are actually enjoying it or using it or sharing feedback, what they like, they don't like. And you see that, okay, this is really actually is like already their life yep. and, and with users on it and doing something uh, like putting people together, matching them and so on. Um, right. So, yeah, I would say, like, less planning, more more just start doing and building and then seeing how it goes. Wow. That's awesome. And in, uh, in putting this together, what are some of the things you learned about yourself? Uh, I feel that there is a very key, crucial, like, entrepreneur journey that anybody in this space will go through. And it kinds of it kind of ends up being almost like a spiritual experience for many. At least that's what how it's been told to me. So I'm kind of wondering, what did you learn about yourself when putting this together? It it was a transformational journey. Like what I learned is one thing that if you have a dream, you can probably survive like without money for a longer time than you think you can. And sure. um, second second thing that I learned is that you have you you have to ask for help like you have to learn to ask for help and that was something that very changed for me a lot because i am not the person i like to do things by myself and for me asking for help was something always very vulnerable and i right. learned that vulnerability and also accepting help when someone offers this is something that as an entrepreneur you learn a lot um 
so these are the two things that were like a major shift. And then, of course, your ability to carry on after failure happens sure. or you see something not working in the beginning or the expectations are not met because in the beginning, everyone expects that, you know, you're going to put it out there and it becomes Uber <laughs> the day two. Right. But the journey is not that, right? So <laughs> what you'll learn to understand is that be more down to earth and realize that it's not a sprint, it's a marathon. And right. you, yeah, you will go through challenges. It's a valley. It's a roller coaster. And yeah, so you have to like, to constantly like think about how to solve problems. Um, and at the same time, not like be upset or not take things personally. So I think right. like catching and yeah, being more mindful about it. Um, so I've been on the, on the journey with a lot of ups and downs, went through the depression and, sure. you know, recently, for example, I'm going through the therapy because of that. And it's, um, something that also I discovered during this journey. Like, I would never allow myself to acknowledge that I need a therapy, but right. this journey. And, and there's absolutely the nothing wrong with that. And I would have yeah, absolutely. And by the way, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. And and in fact, uh, it, it's it's a natural kind of um, I guess yeah. you'd say an alert system. It, it pro you know probably yeah. you know and, and I've read this. It says really it's your body telling you that you're overextended. So yeah. you know you're overextended mentally. You're overextended physically. Overextended spiritually, especially when you're putting your heart and yeah. soul into something. It's very taxing you know, to say the least. So, yeah. you know, and, uh, and especially when you're kind of doing, let's say a startup and then juggling and yeah. dealing with just life in general and all the chaos yeah. that throws your way, you know, it, 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 it takes its toll on, on anybody. And I'll tell you this, I've certainly had my ups and downs, um, during the startup process as well. And I, I'm just like, you know, late at night, not sleeping. I'm like, why the hell am I doing this? Like, <laughs> Like, like this is mentally exhausting. This is physically yeah. exhausting. It has me questioning everything, you, you know, think, you know, think things like that, you know, I'm lacking sleep and, you know, you know, yeah. all these things kind of, you know, come into your head as well. And I think something, you know, I had to actually train myself to do is, um, don't measure it against, let's say other, you know, other failures, so to say, it, cause it's easy to compare whether it's you're comparing yourself now to let's say better times when like, let's say, Oh wow, things are going my way. Like, you know, I have, I really have my shit together, so to say, or if you're looking at other people, whether it's on, you know, social media or, or elsewhere. And, you know, I, I know many people have said this, but you know, on social media, especially people really only just put up their best face and you're never, ever 99% yeah. of the time going to see what's really, really under there. And then at the same, and at the same yeah. time too, like, you know, kind of our collective experience is what's led us up to this very point. And at the end of the day, you know, what you're doing now is probably more meaningful than maybe some of the other accomplishments when times were just easier. And, and in fact, maybe it's kind, it's kind of one gate to another. Those easier times, yeah. or maybe let's say those more straightforward times are preparing you to an extent to how to deal, you know, with, with something like this. Cause if you're thinking to yourself like, oh, you know, things were kind of so much easier during grad school, during an MBA program, or things were so much easier during law school or college and stuff like that, you know, that's still a much more linear, straightforward kind of life. It's stressful, but you know, the expectations are kind of all laid out. So yeah. you have to have a certain GPA. You have to complete a certain project before, you know, gr you know, graduation. Now, um, instead of those variables being set, all those variables are in your plate now. Yeah. So yeah. it's kind of up to you to put it together. And there's a lot of anxiety that even just comes with that. Yeah. You know, having to yeah. you know, put this in, in each of their places. And I would just say this, you know, remember this, 99% of people are not going to attempt what you're doing. So, you know, it is completely human to just feel vulnerable or depressed or sad. Yeah and anxious from that. I mean, anybody, anybody would. Yeah. And yeah. if you think about the evolution of human history, 
you know, I think Homo sapiens have been around for about 40,000 years and recorded human history has existed for roughly about 10,000 or a little under than that. So if you look at all of our ancestors until maybe a hundred years ago, most experiences were either, you know, having a full stomach or starving, or it's just life and death all the time. So yeah, at the end of the day, all, right. So all that stuff is hardwired into every human. So even though let's say this isn't world war one or world war two, you know, these problems are still kind of, I, I guess you could say being fed into that, maybe that subconscious human survival mode. So everything is kind of being, I think, placed, whether this is yeah. a good situation or whether this is an absolutely, you know, terrible situation as, as well. So it's, we're still kind of dealing with the same, with the same hardware. And, and by the way, I think, I think, you know, talking about this is only just going to inspire people. Cause I think if you're feeling like this man or woman, feeling the same exact thing. And by the way, I felt those things. Yeah. I'll tell you, I'll tell you straightforwardly. I've definitely felt those things, but you know what? It's, I will say the difference with that is at the end of the day, it's much more meaningful. So I think even when things are kind of in the low, when things are low and things are just feeling like shit, there's still a lot more meaning to it. And what I mean is this, because the end goal is like freedom and creating something great. So at the end of the day, it's not like, let's say, um, being micromanaged by like, let's say a super oppressive boss who let's say maybe you're probably, you know, more, more likely, you know, more competent and skillful then I think at the end of the day, um, what is good about this process. And I think what's great about people in this process is that you do end up building this resiliency. And I think part of building that resiliency yeah. is going through those low points. Cause if you're yeah. only going, cause I'll tell you this, and I've seen this before, um, only going, only going through those high points and especially success does not prepare you for hard times. Uh, that's my feeling. Like, yeah. you know, I think about good times. I think about bad times, bad times, way more prepared me for, for harder stuff yeah. later on. For, yeah. Absolutely. And I, and I think about good times too. And I'm thinking, my, I'm thinking to myself, yeah, those times were good, but when something kind of came out of left field, it, it, it took a lot more energy to deal with that. And now it's kind yeah. of like, you're doing the startup process. You're doing the entrepreneur's hero journey, the hero's journey, so to say. You know, yeah. all of those low points kind of end end up being layers of armor eventually, which I think most people yeah. are not going to develop because I think if you're going to be – and by the way, I don't think entrepreneurship is for everybody. And by the way, it doesn't have to be either, you know. No. But if you're – but for some people, they need to have that transparency and certainty in their day and without it yeah. it's gonna be it's gonna be mayhem i think yeah. with entrepreneurs whether it's you or anybody else people who are entrepreneurs have a higher tolerance of risk and they also have a higher yeah. tolerance of the uncertain which is a very very valuable strength and that's something um i started to notice about myself and i and i know this is something you definitely have as well um most of your let's say coworkers or people, you know, um, couldn't wear the crown you're wearing. So to say they couldn't stand in your shoes and that's not an insult to them, but most no. people are not hardwired to deal with that much uncertainty at any given time. Yeah. And especially if you're going to, you know, like you said, you realize, um, how long you can go for without money, how long you can go for, yeah. you know, being exhausted or, you know, having lack of sleep or, how long you can go for just kind of facing all this uncertainty. Most people won't even step into the ring when it comes to that. They won't. Yeah. And, and that's fine. Everybody wants different things in life. But, you know, for yeah. you, um, this is only going to add layers to your resiliency over, over time. You know, and talking about it, I think it helps. I think having somebody, whether it's a friend, a therapist, anybody, as a soundboard, yeah. That's good because sometimes you really do need to get that stuff off your chest. And and I noticed this because I will I will tend to just kind of try do my best to internalize everything. And then I realize it's taken me more energy no. to do certain yeah. work. It's taken me more energy to wake up. 
I'm eating less. So, you know, it, you know, even if you feel like, let's say as a guy, and I think guys tend to, but yeah. not always, they try to internalize it. I think the problem is, is that the symptoms show up elsewhere, even if you think you yeah. kind of, you know, got, you know, got it by no. the, got it by the reins, so yeah. to say. So I think you need to, you know, man or woman, entrepreneur, you need to have some sort of outlet and soundboard for, for this stuff at some point. Because I'll and, and and I don't use this term loosely, but there are parts of let's say the entrepreneur's journey that can be traumatic, so to say, without a doubt. It is, you know, sudden, it is. random, it, you know. It, yeah. Yes. No, it can go. get really, really dark. No, it, yeah, can, it get can get really, very, really dark at some point. It can get... First, lonely. Because right. you are in oh, most yeah. cases out of social life and you don't have neither time like to interact with a lot of people and all yeah all all interaction are basically related to business in most cases so right. um, yeah you don't have the normal social life and that's why it might get lonely and that's where it can get like really dark with your own thoughts and negativity right. going on in your head and everybody's just Anxiety. a contact so there's not like okay this isn't like a friend so to say this is this is transactional that's how it comes off a lot of times yeah yeah, yeah. even if you build relationships there is still that point where you cannot cross otherwise right. you are not seen as professional right, right. so and yeah at some point um yeah it can it yeah it can go, go really hard and as you say you are questioning why i'm doing this right. and like yeah. why not have a normal life like and especially me having my daughter like you know i'm like i have these questions in my mind and then um it's like you need to understand all the time getting back to like why 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 helps right. of course like because at some point this is she's also the part of that why why sure. I, I started this why i'm doing it and honestly i don't know um like at this stage how far the journey can go but the thing is like i um it's always like about finding that extra extra gear in your in your inside of you that's like able okay let me take another chance let me take that more one more call let me write that one more email and so on right and finding that way to to get it out and yeah and i realize also like as you said focusing a bit on life rather than like only being ahead all in the business yeah can also give you that brief space that's what i'm trying to do right now a bit like trying to find some time to also spend with my daughter in the quality way so that i can really detach and not be only like my head's on in the business and also not feel bad about myself because that's where the, all the thoughts are coming back. Like right. you're doing something and you feel bad about yourself. And then that's what start like being a destructive pattern. Um, no, I, I absolutely agree. Yeah. And you know, even for, for myself, one of my problems um, was is that I had a hard time, I guess you could say, you know, shutting off. So even if I wasn't working, my mind was always kind of ruminating yeah. and dwelling and obsessing on this. But I also had to almost kind of discipline myself to relax. I, I know it almost sounds yeah. silly, but especially, I mean, I'm also a parent as well. So I feel like I always have to be yeah. busy, so to say. But then I'm thinking yeah. to myself, if I don't adequately rest, uh, I'm not going to yeah. be the best version of myself to anybody who's yeah. counting on me so to say that's correct yeah, yeah that's absolutely yeah so and um you know especially when you have a child and you know i know you have a daughter and i have a son you know um it is it, it's almost easier to have almost questions of self-doubt because you're because you're doing something that's uncertain and you know yeah. but the alternative is you if you're not chasing this dream or if you're not chasing this project if you're not chasing this very admirable goal um you know you you'll also be in a situation where i think a you'll be making somebody else rich at the end of the day but b you know you're gonna have to walk on eggshells anytime you want to spend time yeah. with your child and and i'll tell you this that is something i always hated you know before before this journey of mine too having to let's say ask a boss like oh I need to leave an hour early for my son's, you know, activity yeah. or whatnot. Like, I feel like that is so unnatural and it's kind of, um, yeah. it's, it's, it's very bitter, you know, to say the least. And I think if you have a successful startup, you're able to generate income from that. You can at least have the freedom 
of money. And you also have the freedom of time, which is just as important, if not more important, the freedom of time. Because, you know, a lot of these, uh, you know, a lot of these precious memories, you really can't get them back, you know, so to say. So I think about, let's say, my son and I'm thinking to myself, you know, if these projects work, you know, then I have the freedom to do X, Y and Z with him and X, Y and Z also. And in fact, it's it's one of those things, too. If you make this work, it also creates larger money making opportunities for you as well, so to say. Yeah. So, so, you know, venture, you know, people are going to want to collaborate with you. You know, VC firms are going to want to pitch in, you know, more money. If you kind of in some ways take, let's say, the secure or the transparent route. And by the way, nothing wrong with that. But choosing to work for somebody, your success is always going to be hindered by whoever's on top of you. So the fact of the matter is you're not going to have those opportunities with let's say other startups or other venture capital firms to do business with you because you know because otherwise you're just gonna have to run it by everybody you know going forward so even if people like you better and they think that you're more intelligent and competent you know your job is really going to depend on how your superiors feel about you a lot of times and that's also not a good that's correct and you know entrepreneurs in my experience don't like that and i don't like it personally either you know yeah I I have issues with that as well. I have issues with control. Yeah, that's always a part of any job, and I don't like it because I'm self um, self made, and I'm like I think you're self motivated. You don't need somebody on top of you to make you act. I need exactly right. Exactly. I'm the same way. Yeah, that's always questioning it, and I don't I don't like that. And then the second is that when you're working for someone, you always depend on many factors and success right. is never your own or failure is never your own factor where you, right. you learn less like from well, those exactly but where even if you fail as an entrepreneur at the end it's You're your failure learning. and you understand that it's a hundred percent was depending on you because every decision that you made including who will be on the team um even you cannot say that's the other guy because that guy was hired by you so it's your responsibility at the end as well Right. And yeah, that's absolutely. where you learn, okay, I hired the wrong guy and next time I need to hire someone better. But when you are working for someone, that guy was brought not by you and you cannot like control and take the right. responsibility for that. Right. And in so fact, these uh, are things yes. different. No, sorry. No, I, no I'm, I'm listening to this. I think this is, this is great. And I think, you know, and this goes to one of the points you mentioned, there's kind of a cap on how much you can learn a lot of times, not always, but a lot of times when you're working for somebody else and there's only so much time and energy in the day. So even if let's say you're very good at your job, that doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to, you're going upward, or that doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be trained at a higher degree, or, you know, you're going to be essentially bestowed an additional you know, qualifications. So there's always kind of like a, um, you know, there's, like I said, there's always a type of cap or some sort of ceiling to how far you can take your own potential, so to say. And, you yeah. know, uh, you know, and, and to be honest, I think entrepreneurs are not great employees. And, and by the way, I'm not saying I yeah. am either, but there's a reason for that because, you know, listen, yeah. if you're, if your brain and your talent is operating on sixth gear, on a race car, a lot of people based on maybe their energy or expectations, or maybe you're only, or only at second or third gear. And that's fine. You know what I mean? But like, if you have, let's say the drive and the mental brain power of a Ferrari, you know, um, you know, essentially driving around with other, let's say, Ford Camrys, yeah, Ford Camrys or Lexus, you're, you know, yeah. It's it's not going to make you a better Ferrari at the end of the day. You know what I mean? If you kind of follow the pack, that means you got to be driving at like 45 miles an hour or maybe 60, kilo, 60 kilometers an hour or something like that. So mm-hmm. the fact of the matter is, is that, you know, for me, and I'll tell you this, I have a lot of energy, generally speaking. So I am a little restless. So if I'm not like actively doing something engaging where I'm learning or getting some sort of value from it, I get very bored yeah. and frustrated very, very yeah. fast. But I also have no problem working a 14 hour day. No problem. Like I'll do it. Yeah. And especially if it's for myself, like I don't think of it as like, oh, I just did a 14 hour day. I just think about it. Okay. I'm a little tired. I'm going to go to sleep now. <laughs> that's, that's kind of how yeah. I, 
way to think exactly. about it. Yeah, you don't feel that it's a burg. It's just like the part of your life. So at right. some point. Yeah. And I would That's and I would ask you this, you know, especially having having the unique experience of putting together a dating app in the era of web three with this gamification element, but also being a woman entrepreneur, what advice would you give to fellow women entrepreneurs out there who are trying to chase their dream in this very, very uncertain, difficult time in the world, you know, with COVID-19 and hyperinflation and all this other stuff going on? Yeah, I think when it comes to women, one of the things that I personally experience is the dynamics on the power. So when yeah. you are talking to VCs or investors, in most cases, like you understand that you are on the lower side like of the game. You are the one who is like having less power. And that's especially strong. It comes very strong with women because we are like, super caring and when right, whenever we got the relationship, warm, yeah. you're nurturing yeah. and we're like taking care of that and sometimes it can get like very emotionally heavy uh, because you want like this thing happen and you want success for your company and then right. you realize that you are giving up too much okay too much of yourself sure. your time your sure you're uh, like you're just accommodating too much and yeah. in especially in this tech world where like you're basically in 99% you're dealing with the males and right um and so it still feels kind of like um not... it, it still kind of feels like a very old system right um it's yeah well it's yeah it still feels like you still have to to prove a lot especially yeah. if you're a woman a woman like if you know that this type of like product, for example, or this type of uh, startup can easily get investment um, with the deck, maybe if you're like in another position. But if you're yeah. like coming from underrepresented background or you're a female, you have to go to that extra mile to prove that sure. you're worth it. And sometimes that feeling of worthlessness may like really step in and become a barrier to really ask for what you need and what you want so right. i would say like being assertive more protecting your boundaries right and understanding your own worth is something that i would say to all females entrepreneurs out there is something that like everyone has to focus on to be able to break through these walls and break through these yeah. barriers um and yeah and just like understanding that no matter what your your self-worth is something that you don't need to sacrifice sure. on the way to it um so yeah setting like the right boundaries and being like understanding that it's a fair game and asking hard questions being assertive and asking for what you really want and there might be people on the way that will say you know you are asking for too much right you will get this type of feedback as well Right, and, right. Yeah, being being okay with that. Like, you know, it's okay to ask for much because you understand that what you're doing is valuable and someone needs it and wants it. So this is the piece of advice that I would I would give like um yeah to to female entrepreneurs especially. Right. Um and you know, I have a son, but I'm also thinking if I had a if I had a daughter, you know, later in life, I would want her to like listen to feedback such as the one you're discussing right now or let's say other female entrepreneurs, because, you know, life hits us differently and the experience is different from men, from men and women, so to say. So, yeah. you know, learning things like, let's say, you know, setting clear boundaries also, yeah. um, maybe to not be too self-sacrificed. Cause I think, um, I think that is something I've heard and, you know, I think women, and then I think even as parents too, there is a natural impulse, I think, you know, and I yeah. even feel it because I'm think because I'm always thinking of the long term. I think a lot of parents tend to. So you're thinking, okay, if I do more, the future exactly. is kind of more certain, especially you know for yeah. kids. But I think the problem is um, being too self-sacrificing doesn't even guarantee that. So you kind of have to be able exactly. to manage manage your energy, manage your time, and you know manage you know those you know those boundaries. So yeah, that's and, correct. And you know, and, and kind of going back to your app itself. What advice would you give to men and women as far as users who 
want to go on this app and want to find meaningful experiences. Because, you know, I would like to think, you know, with all due respect, guys shouldn't be sending dick pics or, or, over the, over this app. I mean, honestly, even in a practical sense, I don't, I don't, I can't imagine in any scenario where that actually, you know, woos some woman over or man or, you know, whatever, you know, whatever, whatever you're attracted to, so to say. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, I think like what I would say is that what we try to to bring or the type of people that we try to bring around the app is more like being respectful in terms yeah. of like using the app. And it doesn't matter if you will meet that person or not at the end, but understanding right. that there is another human being behind the screen right? and being respectful of the choices that the person has or preferences that, that the person may have is something that I would advise to to someone who wants to get on the dating app and and meet the other person um and yeah this is like the key piece of advice and the second would be like not trying to to pretend to be someone that you are not in real life at the end like it's more about authenticity and being yourself and being proud of yourself putting yourself out there the way you are and finding the person who actually accepts that understands that admires that is the goal right so um that would be something that like two pieces of advices that i would give to people if they want to to really like find the connection the meaningful connection or just at least enjoy the experience um i can i think that can help to to improve the general experience with the dating apps overall um not only with ours but any other dating app as well yeah and i couldn't agree more i would say you know, my takeaway would be managing expectations. And by the way, I think that's very important because I think if you're putting, man or woman, if you're putting out a version of yourself that is mostly untrue, you will mm-hmm. end up attracting the wrong persons. You know, I mean, I think at least at some point, maybe that deception is going to work on somebody. Let's say, you know, yeah. that will work on somebody that the person likes. The problem is, I feel you will end up attracting the wrong person at the, you know, at the end of the day. So let's say if you're a guy, for instance, and you're exaggerating about, let's say your, your job title, maybe net worth or, you know, things like that, you may end up attracting a very materialistic partner who really only looks at you in that lens and maybe, maybe not the other, you know, great qualities that may exist there too. And let's say if it's, let's say as a woman, if let's say if a woman is putting out, you know, Photoshop pictures, you're just, you may just end up getting a very, very, you know, um, I guess you could say looks oriented, you know, uh, also materialistic, but I guess, I guess physical wise, um, you know, you're going to get a very shallow guy or a very shallow woman out of that too. So, you know, you're, your market value to that person is only as good as how you look that day. You know what I mean? And then, you know, they're also going to look at all those little things under a microscope. So, you know, you can never, you know, it's got to be stressful. I think if you can't be yourself, um, over time, that's what I think. Yeah. I feel, I mean, it will always be around looks and status. That's how like the whole humanity is designed. It's just about like, um, yeah, trying to make it as um, uh, helping to understand that like at the end, there is the reality behind it. You will always like if if you match with someone and you really like them, you will have to meet them. And then there is no point to actually exaggerate there because at some point it will be like um, discovered and that's where the the disappointment comes. So like excluding that disappointment, I think from the beginning can make the whole experience more smooth. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And you know, um, and this is one of the last questions I have. Do you think that dating apps such as yours can, let's say, help and improve monogamy as a whole for society as, as time goes on, especially if you look at, you know, divorce rates and separation rates and, and things like that. Cause I'm thinking to myself, if you have an app, and let's say if you can do things like customize questions and, you know, along with these other tools, you know, it might just be a, a good time-saving device to really parse out who you may end up being compatible with 
or not? Because I think sometimes if you can meet somebody face to face, it's very easy to put on your best face. Male or, you know, man or yeah. woman, it's very easy to put on your best face. So, you know, you may not be interested in what that person's interested in, but if it's a first date, like, oh, yeah, I like that too. You know, that, that's, I think yeah. that's a natural reflex for a lot of people. That's correct. Yeah. That's what usually like people try to do to show that they are likable, to be agreeable with someone else's choice. Um, but then again, it always backfires. But yeah, I, I think after COVID, generally what we have seen as a trend is that pe people are looking for um, more intentional dating. Like right. they want to just eliminate the situation when it's like, I don't know, flag, like flaky and, you know, not understanding who wants what. But, right. or agreeing on something less than what they want. So this is something also was very normal for females, especially is that they're looking for a relationship, but then they're going on a date. And then the guy says um, that they don't know what they're looking for, or they're looking for something casual. Right. And woman, because she likes the guy and she's kind of into him and she doesn't want to ruin that perception of herself. She agrees to that terms instead of stating that you know what i'm looking for relationships at this stage i'm not okay with a casual and i'm not okay with i don't know what i want right and just walk away from that right so i think like the pandemics and all this a whole situation can can like have empowered uh, many people to state and 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 go after for what they want and we are like into this we fall into this area and we want to stay there and help people to actually connect with someone who is like very open to meet rather than to chat and talk to meet in person and and from there you can decide what do you want to do with that person like do you want to have them as a friends as a network or as a date but actually you already had this meaningful interaction where you can detect what's going on um, and where this person can fall in. And all the people who are on our app are more open towards that behavior rather than to just like, I don't know what I want and, and so on. And hopefully that can, we don't know how it will end up, of course. Uh, yeah. We cannot guarantee that it will be all monogamy, but what we can guarantee is at least that the experience of the first date will be different from what you right. had on other dating apps. And we are more into the community dating. So you're able to connect with people who are liking the same things that you do and going to the same places that you like. So basically you're connecting to the community and connecting with the people who are within your um, zone of preferences. And that's something that we are trying to bring in as well through uh, promoting some events um, where people can actually go and meet single people um, in the same space, but basically that's, that's what our core is and that's where we're heading towards. That's great. And I do have one more question. It is both a serious and silly question. Is okay. chivalry dead? I always hear that question. Is chivalry dead or not? <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> well, maybe not, not right you know, answer. maybe with this app, it, it may, not. it may end up saving it. Yeah, maybe. I have no idea. Yeah. Well, listen, Sabina, I have to say, in this uh, tech space, you were probably one of the first contacts I made when I started this, uh, you know, journey in blockchain and tech. And, uh, you know, I've known you probably for a little over a year now. So, you know, obviously, I certainly consider, consider you a friend and fellow colleague. So, listen, I would, I would extend this. Don't ever feel like you're isolated in this. You know, you can always use me as a soundboard. I really feel anybody who's in this space and you're doing something meaningful, the tide raises all boats. And I think it's better if we're if we're all able to lean on each other. You know, I'm sorry, yeah. teamwork and collaboration is 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 always going to surmount mountains at the end of the day. It, it really, it really will. So I think you have an incredible app to say the very least. And I'm Thank very you. much looking forward to, you're welcome. And I'm very much looking forward <laughs> to seeing um, what new features will be added onto it. And I'm very curious to see, I'm actually very, very much looking forward to rather to seeing it blow up. And I hope you bring it to the US as well. Yeah. I think it will do great here.
That's something that we're looking forward to. Like we want to expand the app to the US because I believe that it's going to be a great market for it. And we oh, see yeah. some organic growth coming from the US users. And yeah, we see a huge potential for it. We're trying to actually launch it in one of the universities in California right now awesome. with one of the co-founders there. So we will see what, what happens there if it really grows from the university campus. And we see that there is an organic movement that's where we have a lot of power to also convince investors and and vcs that that's the market for it so um it will help us to boost boost uh, the growth further yeah so i will i will keep you posted about that experiment as well yeah let me let me know how it goes uh you know i'm gonna be turning 37 so um you know obviously uh i'm very interested in seeing how this is going to play out on a university campus and i know college has yeah changed uh, quite a bit since I was uh, since I was in college so um, I, I love stories like this I love experiences like this Sabina it was an absolute pleasure having you come on and you know by the Thank way you. feel free to give me a shout anytime um, for if you need a soundboard you need any feedback or you know advice uh, on this journey like I said the tide raises all boats Thanks. so you know let's let's put our money where our mouths are Thank you so much, Adam, for having Anytime. me. It was a pleasure to speaking with you and the questions were great. So, <laughs> yeah, I hope we can reconnect sometime, okay? We will. All right. Great. I have I'll talk nice, to you soon. Have a Thanks nice for week. coming on. Talk to you soon. Yeah. Bye. Talk to you soon. Ciao. Bye.